0: Welcome to 80's Music Exposed The podcast in which we review all the best albums of the 80's One month at a time We will break them down, give you the skinny And duke it out over whether or not you should dig these out again So, if you're ready for an 80's music deep dive From Aha to Wham, Bowie to XTC, Madonna, Hair Metal, New Wave And all points in between then crank the boombox, turn your Walkman up to 10, and let's go! Welcome to 80s Music Exposed. I'm Henry. And I'm Chris.
1: And I'm Megan.
0: And we are back. The police show was popular as hell. hell That's yeah. great. Yes. People <laughs> interested, they like sl- slagging on on Sting all frickin' episode, is that what they like?
1: I kind of forgot that that was like a lot of the episode.
0: There
2: was a lot of that. I feel like I didn't uh, slag on him enough after listening to his single he just dropped today. Did any did of you hear that?
1: Oh, shit. I have not listened to it yeah, yet. It. honestly,
2: <sighs> I don't think I do. If you but... really don't want to hate him, don't listen to that shit.
0: Oh, God, it, it's bad. Is it a combo with somebody else?
2: No, it's his own. But man, he sounds like over the hill and just it's like a happy song about eating breakfast. It's awful.
1: I think uh, he just needs to go away.
2: Gracefully, maybe, if that's still yeah, possible.
1: Just go hang out like in a castle or whatever he does. and yeah. Just stop.
0: Hugh, wherever you are in the world listening to us, we put a lot of effort and time and listen to records and trying to put on a good show, so thanks a lot.
2: Finally, before we get to significant events, I thought I would do the Billboard Top 100 Top 5 for the month of March 1983, which is what we're covering. Mm-hmm. Billie Jean has now moved into the picture, folks, and it dominated the number one spot all four weeks. It just sat there um, entirely. I'm I'm figuring I'm going to see it in April and May and June, too, because I remember it just being huge. Uh, number two was still uh, <laughs> Shame on the Moon. Did you guys remember the talking song about that did last week? The song we didn't know. The Bob Seger yeah. song, yep. So. We had to
0: pull up much bigger hit yeah, than i is. realized. Oh, 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 yeah. hey, i wanted to tell you guys something. I, I I forgot about this. I wanted to mention it. So there's a rumor that says that the reason Prince wrote Purple Rain was he saw Bob Seger's success in areas of the country on the radio that he wanted to be in. So he wrote a song that was a Bob Seger song that that he said Was a Bob Seger song, so I want you to think about Purple Rain and tell me if you sing it in Bob Seger's voice in your head. Tell me that (laughs) that doesn't sound right. Do you have? Are you
2: are you leading up to trying to do a Bob Seger impression? Is that what you're doing? I'm not going
0: to do it. I just want you to think
2: about it. I'm
1: definitely trying to make it happen in my head. It's kind of weird because if I had to pick a Bob Seger song that Prince did, I don't think. Purple Rain would be the first pick or no, like my I, first guess. No, me you neither. Know? I agree. <laughs> it gonna, just feels like a very soulful song. Not that Bob Seger isn't soulful or anything, but it just doesn't seem like his style. Like it's kind of slow. Like
2: I'm going to put I that know. in the brain and mull it over for a while, Henry. I'll get back to you on that. Hey, Anyways, the number 3, the number 3 Billboard Top 100 song of March 1983 was Do You Really Want to Hurt Me by Culture Club. Number four was Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. And number five was a song called You Are. Does anyone know who did that one?
0: No. uh, Who did that? I don't know.
2: Henry. (laughs) You are the sun. You are. Oh,
0: Lionel. Come on, your guy, Lionel. Yeah, I just forgot he did that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right.
2: Yeah, so that was the top five uh, songs of March 1983, if you want to walk down memory lane. Um, So let's do some significant events, and then we'll cover the albums. This first one is weird to me. That's the only reason I put it in there. I just saw it; it was weird. I don't. If you're not a sports fan, you may not even get this. Pittsburgh Steeler. It is weird. Yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Terry Bradshaw is admitted to the hospital for surgery to repair his throwing arm. He did it under an alias so the media wouldn't get to him, and he his alias was Tom
0: Brady. That is, and and Tom Brady who hadn't had probably he was probably ten years old or something. Back not then. even. I don't think he was probably. Yeah. Well, right? maybe he's like our age.
2: Yeah. Oh my
1: Tom God. Tom Brady was created by the NFL. That
2: is weird.
1: He is. All a <laughs> conspiracy. It's this like the evidence. Well, wake up.
2: <laughs> that is. That just made DNA. me go. DNA.
0: <laughs> MRNA. <laughs>
2: um, TNN, the Nashville network, uh, started in March of 1983. I mean, I-
0: what a no, oh gosh, What a noteworthy yeah. thing that is, dude.
2: It's it's a dr, it's a pretty dry yeah, yeah. month. Okay, I was reaching. Uh, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life is released in the U.S. That's my favorite Monty Python movie.
0: I used to is think was Holy the-
2: Grail was, but if you watch them again, I, I think I think uh, Meaning of Life's better.
0: That's not the one where the guy gets his arms cut off and moves that's to the Holy other Grail. Room. That's Holy Grail. Okay, Megan, are you this, are, like, are you
2: a big uh, Monty Python fan?
1: Um, I don't really have much of an opinion on Monty Python. Like, I've seen Holy Grail. I think mm-hmm. I've seen The Meaning of Life. And then there's Life of Brian, too, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so, like, I've seen it, and I always enjoy it. But it's, like, not something that I'm, like, super into. Yeah, it's a
0: I, brand of humor that's, like, passed by, man. Yes. A little
1: bit, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like some of it. Like, it is funny, but...
0: For yeah, our generation so. it
2: was Megan it was like uh it, you were used to seeing one, it was like, it's kind of like when rock and roll hit in the 60s or 50s it's like you were used to one sort of television comedy and then these guys mm-hmm. were just like irreverent they were kind of it was kind of silly a lot of the time but it was like I can't believe they can do this on TV I remember thinking like are they allowed to do this on TV so
1: it's british TV
2: Yeah 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 we had to watch it on PBS late at night like you know when yep. they when they show the british stuff all right. There weren't a lot of significant events. I'm sorry. That was the best I could do. So, guys, are you ready to review some records? Let's get it. All right. The first one is going to be by a band called ZZ Top. The album is called Eliminator. I've been waiting for this one. It was an all-music four-and-a-half-star album. It's a Rolling Stone three-and-a-half-star album. And for our fans out there, I heard you. Uh, there were three hits on this album. Legs, Sharp Dressed Man, and Give Me All Your are Lovin'. And this is Sharp Dress Man.
1: I mean, this album was everywhere. I feel like every dad had this CD in their mm-hmm. collection.
0: <laughs> they said it was Certified Diamond, like 10 million copies.
1: It's insane.
0: I've never heard of that, Certified Diamond. I was about I to say, I mean, what does that mean, Certified Diamond? I, never heard I don't know. i heard Platinum, you know, because they said mm-hmm. Def Leppard. Went platinum like mm-hmm. nine times over. It's diamond, I guess, after you two 10 million copies. Right.
1: I think the Backstreet Boys and those bands did that too, which at that time, I mean, I prefer ZZ Top, but.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I they, think it's perfect that we're covering it right now, too, because I guess um, Dusty, is that his name? Or is it Frank Beard yes. that yep, passed that away? Died. Yeah, yeah,
0: just like recently. Yeah, and there was like, just a great uh, documentary
2: about ZZ Top out as well. Did you guys catch that?
1: Mm-mm. What's it called? Okay. Seen it's at called uh, ZZ
2: Top, that little old band from Texas.
0: Cute. They had gotten two years off. They had a new deal with Warner Brothers. Punk rock was was, well, music was changing with punk rock and all the experimental stuff. But these guys were Texas boogie, and they're like, "What the fuck are we gonna do? We don't, we sound old and dated." Um, so the rumor is that he saw a Devo set mm. that inspired him to do more, and he went. Uh, Billy Gibbons went to a Depeche Mode concert what? and called, yeah, called it a mind bender said there was power and energy to this thing with no guitar and no drums, and he thought that they were heavy. So um, he went back and talked to them ab- about that. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. like Something about Billy Gibbons visiting artists that you wouldn't expect him to go to was kind of cool to me, you know. Mm-hmm
2: yeah me too and i i think you know we've talked about this a lot in the past bands that were like 70s uh were one particular style in the 70s trying to uh become an adopt sort of an 80s sound to mixed reviews i guess from us for different people but i thought they pulled it off great it still sounds like zz top it's still like they're not going way outside of what they do like Pete Townsend or somebody like that. But they've added just enough, like a little bit of synth, um, a little bit of production. Yeah. And man, they nailed it because it's basically like what mid mid middle of the road popular rock music was at the time. To me, it was like still rock music, which was great. I never disliked 70s Easy Top, though. If you go back and listen now, I think it holds up pretty good. So um, I, I, I guess... I didn't see them as like a failed thing that they had to change or anything. I just thought it was really smart. And I don't know about you guys, but I like Billy Gibbons, the older and older like Billy Gibbons is like who I wish Keith Richards was now. He's like he looks like the kind of guy you just want to hang out with. Like he's so cool. He's so cool. Like
1: I don't know the good thing about this album too, like you mentioned that you know, they changed it a little bit but they still maintained like kind of their authentic Mm -hmm. self. And I liked it a lot, like very unpretentious yes. seeming to, and the fact that I didn't know about the Depeche Mode and like mm-hmm. that kind of influence. You can kind of, now that you mention it, I can kind of like feel it a little bit um, in some of like the hit songs to like the more popular songs, kind of like the, maybe the structuring of it. I don't know, but yeah, that's Tim- cool.
0: To me, it's something that's lost in music to a degree. Now is all this mystery. You know, the thing, the mystery with the MTV videos and all that. These two guys who had were were basically anonymous, with long hair, long beards, and sunglasses. You couldn't see their face anymore. And I tried to think of: is there anybody more analogous, at least far as like? Mystery goes to me. I, I, for some reason, I keep thinking about the BTS guys who are just completely androgynous.
1: I mean, sort Slash of characters to me. Degree, yeah, but Slash
0: kind of had I that. Know
1: what he looks like? Yeah, I mean, like he yeah, have an idea of what his face looks like. But he does always wear like the hat and the glasses, so there is some kind of so, a little.
2: I always thought ZZ Top like hit at the right time too, because um, if you listen to this thing. It's The the synthesizers and all the, like, 80s production is subtle. They're still doing ZZ Top. It's not like they went out live and, like, oh, my God, Billy Gibbons is just playing keyboard. But also, right around that time, remember the Blues Brothers were kind of big? It's almost like they kind of copped a, like, two dudes looking a certain way marketing thing for Mm -hmm. an image. Because videos... These videos, I don't know Megan. For I, I know a lot of times you're able to oh, pick I up know. on that.
1: I know the yeah. videos were huge.
2: That was like it for us as kids. It was like, oh my god, here I'll comes see, that red car.
0: One. Look, I'm telling you, it, mm-hmm. it sets them up right. as mythological characters, yes. not a real band, I right? Mean, you know, in a, if you, if you, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way. Like they're yeah, not. Totally. They're just like. Who are these guys? They're just like figments, you know. Mm -hmm. The guy that directed so you had two the two big ones that I remember was like Gimme All Your Lovin' and they and they left it open for a sequel and it was Sharp Dressed Man was the sequel. Mm -hmm. And the guy, Tim Newman, the guy that directed Gimme All Your Lovin' was Randy Newman's brother. Did you know that? No. Weird. That's random. You know, I know. But what's his name? Tim. Tim Tim Newman. Yep. (laughs) and you know that hand gesture that they were doing in the video right Mm -hmm. um they made that shit up because it was like 20 minute delays in between shots and they were just like doing weird stuff like that i just think the the record's kind of genius the way they're positioned in culture is genius some of your fans and whatever will say that zz top were like some sort of shapeshifter band and I kind of reject that. I don't think so. I just think they kind of caught lightning in this one thing. Like right now, if you were to look at their records, and after this, you would go to from Eliminator to what's the next one, Chris? I can't remember. Afterburner. Oh, yeah, Afterburner. Afterburner. So yes. Afterburner, the hits were still there, but they weren't as good. They weren't as poppy. Just was wasn't quite as on the money as yeah. this one. And then they kind of went back to their old shtick, and now they're kind of like a Vegas. Sort of. And I thing, thing. wanna you know, and I wanna not- and,
2: and I do wanna defend the uh a little bit like Eliminator and Afterburner were like an experiment to like be popular or whatever. But like mm-hmm. if you're if you're interested at all or like open minded to it at all, uh Trace Hombre's Fandango and Deguelo, Deguelo's a better rec a much better record than mm-hmm. Eliminator. It, it just doesn't have quite the pop sheen, but they're still pops. It's like the, like Henry said, they're boogie. They're like Texas boogie blues, which is kind of cool. cool. But the, in the in the documentary, Billy Gibbons did mention, like when they showed up for the first video, I guess it was Tim mm-hmm. Newman, yeah. was like, they were all very nervous because they were like, we want to be obviously 20-something-year-old and 18-year-old kids are going to listen to this. What on earth is he going to have us do? A bunch of like 30-year-old bearded hippie dudes. And he was like, you guys just stand over there and be like, cool. We're going to put a bunch of young, (laughs) hot people in this video. And they were all like, oh, yes, perfect. And it worked out great because then they just became like the narrators of these videos. You know, like these guys that just appear, which I think was so smart as opposed to like, watching the dudes in survivor prance around trying to act like they're, yes. you know, teenagers or something.
1: We're getting to Quiet Riot.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get there.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, exactly. Getting... So, everything <laughs> they did I think was super tasteful if, um for and smart for what they were doing. So, I I really like this record too is as just a piece of like radio pop. It's pretty amazing because I think it kind of fits the same mold as like Def Leppard Pyromania. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. heavy metal, but it's not. And this is blues, but it's not. You know,
0: ain't no, ain't no other genre. When you techno blues pop, I mean, I don't know. Right. That's that's this record. Ten right. million
1: Basically. units can't be wrong. Ten,
0: right. Ten million. <laughs> you know what I mean. Ten million soul can't be wrong.
1: That's crazy.
2: Oh. Yeah, it's like this is a thumbs up for me. Definitely one worth going back. And it's not just the three hits. I mean, the whole record is like a tight little. Everything's good. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, moving right along. Next record we're going to consider is from a band called Quiet Riot, and the record's called Metal Health. There were two hits off of this record. One was called Bang Your Head, and the other was called Come On, Feel the Noise. That's (laughs) C-U-M. The last word is spelled N-O-I-Z-E. Hit it.
2: So Henry, in my opinion, uh any anything if you're in a metal band in the eighties, any way you can work a Z into the name is gonna make things cooler.
1: That's fine. The Z's fine.
2: You're not you're not happy with the with but the-
1: <laughs> that's how my mom. When my mom texts me, that's how she spells. Like I'm coming over.
0: That, no way! Wait, 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 hold! Full fucking stop right here. He doesn't know. Your mom spells "I'm coming over." C U M M I N G. Yes. <laughs> she
1: doesn't know better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and you don't
2: have the heart to correct her, I guess.
1: Why? Why would Why? I think, what <laughs> nope. this it's better left left to be.
2: Oh You're boy. Right. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, quiet right. <Riot. laughs>
1: yeah, maybe she's a huge fan of this record.
0: So I when I listened to it, I thought, okay, come on feel the noise. Like Good on them. Like this might this song's kind of okay. The sun shines on a dog's ass some days. Like maybe this will be alright. And then I realized, hey, guess what? They didn't write the damn song. <laughs> <laughs> it was from a band called Slade. Yeah. And it was like, uh...
2: I think there's two Slade songs on this album actually.
1: That's insane. Really?
2: really? Yes. There's I another one on there too. Not one of the hits.
0: So you get you you gave me Judas Priest and like I'm loving screaming for vengeance, and then you make me listen to this dog shit. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. Nope.
1: Can
0: Not I, gonna have it. And
1: he looked so fucking weird. I know it doesn't matter, but like, ugh.
0: Kevin Dubrow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which I saw him when I was fourteen. At the Las Vegas airport, cause nice. was <laughs> Las Vegas, with my family, and I knew who it was because like they always played the videos on like VH1, whatever you know, like "Come On Feel the Noise" was a huge, and he looked basically the same. But then a couple years later, he died. <laughs> this is a terrible story.
0: <laughs> that is a terrible story. Um, I
2: terrible I'm going to attempt to make a defense of this record. Oh, so I guess I have a soft spot because I, I've told you guys before that I, I got to meet uh, Eddie Vetter or not Eddie Vedder, Um Eddie Van Halen playing golf before a concert in my little hometown because the, the arena was at the school. Well, quite right was opening up and they mm-hmm. were sound checking during my um, gym class. So I got to sit and watch them. Sound check, and then the guitar player, this Carlos Quiet, right? Ca- Carlos Cavazo, came down and talked to all of us, and he was really nice. So um, maybe I have a soft spot for him. Um, this is one of those band. This is one of those stories though, where I think the story of the band is more interesting than the album. So that's where I'll start my defense. This was Randy Rhodes' band, right? Randy Rhodes started this band, and by the time this album came out, he was he had been stolen away by Ozzy. And and the thing I didn't know going into this was Quiet Riot was basically in a competition in L.A. with Van Halen to be the biggest band in L- L.A. up until Van Halen broke. So they were going yeah. back and forth, and Quiet Riot was with. This is the Randy Rhodes Quiet Riot, by the way, not. The current version. So then, when Randy Rhodes left, this Dubrow guy, who I think they just kind of picked out of somewhere, he wasn't even he wasn't even a musician. Asked Randy Rhodes if he could keep the name, and hence they he put this band together. But the Carlos, this Carlos Carvaza dude, was not like a really hot guitar player at the time. I don't know Henry, probably you weren't into metal as a kid, but he was hot shit nope. at the time. I do want to say on this album, he is hot shit. If you. If you listen and think, okay, this guy's trying to be uh, Eddie Van, in competition with Eddie Van Halen. There's a ton of finger tapping and a lot of the same sort of licks. Um, so there's that. That's not horrible. I can't make a defense of that Kevin Dubrow guy. And in fact, there's a story. I don't know if you guys saw this. That the, the the bass player was arrested because he was he was on his way over from a bar to Kevin Dubrow's house to murder him with a knife. And one of his friends at the bar called the police. And the police intercepted him before he got into Bro's house and they arrested him for attempted murder and he admitted to it. He said, I was going to kill that motherfucker. So, what happened? He just had had yeah. enough of apparently Kevin DeBro's personality is just beyond asshole. So that's what actually broke them up after this (laughs) record. But the last defense I'm going to make of this record, and I think metal people might, I hope our our metal fans might come to the defense of this. This record is kind of recognized as the beginning of hair metal. This is like the album that started it. I can see
0: that, but you would think. But it gets kind of cred
2: for that, not in a bad way. It gets kind of like, it's like revered for that. Not because everybody loves the band, get, but this record it, itself.
0: If that's true, like why wasn't the production any better than it was? It was just subpar horrible production on this thing.
2: I, I can't make any excuses for that, but I can kind of hear that, and I do think it started us down the road of the Poisons and the um, mm-hmm. you know, um, Motley Crue's like,
0: the world. It's like third, but it comes across now, today, like 2021, as like this third tier party metal kind of band, right? I mean, listen to some of the lyrics, like, you know, pile driver. Mama says that I never mind her. Got no brains. I'm insane. The teacher says I'm one big pain. I'm like a laser. Six-string razor. I'm like a mouth like an alligator.
2: I think, (laughs) though, I'm going to make a defense of that, Henry. I think a lot of that, though, it's trying to appeal to 14-year-old boy. Right. It ain't for me now. No, I mean, like, when I was in junior high, I wanted to hear a guy sing the word come, C-U-M. I thought that was cool as shit, right? When I was 14, that somebody would say that out loud, or I could go around and go, my favorite song is come on, feel the noise, get it? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean it it I, it did what it was supposed to do and I I'm not I guess yeah I don't like it as a record okay but I think it I was shocked going back to learn that it had this much respect cuz I don't know a lot about metal and I feel like metal people are like they give them a pass for this one
0: I, But yeah 50 year old Henry says no but 11 year old Henry might have been like oh this is some that's metal you know? <laughs>
1: I don't know. You all know? hated van halen so much right <laughs> oh. i mean van halen didn't just get big they got like
2: huge yeah you man. know
1: i mean Quiet Riot was pretty big but like van halen was meteoric
2: compared oh, to yeah. them oh yeah but you can you you know that from your own hometown like you know there's those two bands they're like the two bands of the town, and and then one of them makes it, and the other one doesn't. And you're from that town, and you can always be like, "Yeah, I was a fan of the cool one, the ones that never made it, not not the big." <laughs> they didn't
1: sell out, right?
2: Right, exactly.
1: I mean, I think Quiet Riot sold out. They
2: sold out hard as fuck. I'm gonna give this a thumbs down, but with with a little bit more respect than I thought I was.
1: Thumbs down at the tip of the hat, perhaps.
0: Nice, I like but, that. Not me, down, down. Oh yeah, down. The ground. Yeah. Sorry
1: guys. And I know that so the next record I knew that you were going to Pick me to like implement because <laughs> everybody like because of the type of music that I like, I think they assume that I really like Tears for Fears, which that's the next artist that we're covering. Um, the album is The Hurting, all music 4.5 out of 5, Rolling Stone, four stars, and then the one hit I don't know if it actually charted or not, but we're gonna play it is Mad World. All
2: I I just couldn't I couldn't bring myself <laughs> Megan to make you make you introduce you put, come man, on man. feel the noise. You
0: got to <laughs> leave that man. If there's one guy that deserves to change his name to like Sting or The Edge or somebody like that, it would be got it'd be a guy named Roland Orbazo. Orbazo. Orzaball. I fucked up his name. Roland Orzabal. Roland. I mean, it's pretty bad. That's a bad last name, too. And Orzibald. they're both so fucking goofy looking. <laughs> 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 like, they're just so weird looking. I've always called him Tear and Fear. <laughs> <laughs> which one's Tear? Which,
1: one? yes. which one's Tear? And which, fear? which one's Fear? Is Roland Tear, Ro-
0: Roland is tear. The other guy is fear. It's it's Roland, by the way, Henry. If you're gonna
2: butcher his name, just 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 you know. And the other
1: guy's like Kurt or something. <laughs> it's the other guy, he's,
2: he's just he, called. He, the other guy. He's not a Roland amp, Henry. His name is Roland Orsabal. Roland,
0: first man they uh, have.
1: He's the Andrew Ridgley, and Keith
2: the other
0: Brothers. one is named Kurt Smith. Okay, okay. Yeah, right. And they named their band The Crybabies. (laughs) Because that's what they are. Hey, folks. I'm just going to interrupt for a second here. If you are a podcast junkie like I am, you've probably thought about starting your own podcast. Well, I can tell you firsthand that starting a podcast is one of the best decisions we've ever made. But it can feel a little overwhelming if you don't know how to get started. And that's why I was really glad to find Buzzsprout. Bo Sprout is hands down the easiest and best way I've ever found to launch a professional, or in our case, a semi-amateur professional podcast. These folks have helped over 100,000 people launch their own podcasts. They will get you onto every major podcasting platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, Amazon. You can also get a great-looking podcast website. There are audio players that you can drop into other websites. My favorite part is the detailed analytics that show uh, how many of you are listening. We look at this all the time. That's how we know where you are and how many of you are there. There are also tools there to promote your episodes and so on. Buzzsprout publishes a new blog on all kinds of topics all the time, like equipment and formats, and they have their own podcast episodes. There's also YouTube videos every week so that you can learn the ins and outs of podcasting from the people that eat and drink and breathe it so you never feel like you're on your own. So to start your own podcast and to get a $20 Amazon gift card, go and grab the link that I've got in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you. It also helps support our show. So remember Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast.
2: (laughs) Wow. I did not expect this kind of hate for Tears for Fears. (laughs) No, I like them. I, I, I love Tears for Fears. I was, I'm, I really was shocked that I didn't know this record very well, because Songs from the Blue Big Chair, or whatever it's called, Blue Chair, <laughs> that <was laughs> whatever that one is. Right. That's their big one. I, I don't love know, that record. I
1: don't know the name of their biggest album.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I was obsessed with that record as a kid. I loved it. Um, so I going back and listening to this one, I was pleasantly surprised how much I like it. Yes, they're a bit mopey. And, yes, Roland Orzabal, I think after Songs from the Blue Big Chair, whatever it's called, um, he gets a little self-indulgent, kicks Kurt Smith out and starts doing these, like, Sting, uh, Seven Summoners Tales-type
0: bullshit albums. But
1: Nobody's interested, Roland.
0: Right, right. (laughs) They did a whole record based on Arthur Janov's Mm -hmm. Primal Scream thing, right? Mm -hmm. So when I first wrote my notes for this, I was ready to kind of slag on this a lot, but I had the chance to listen to it another time and another time in different environments. Right. And kind of with some knowledge about, they were children. They were just like teenagers, 18, 19, 20 something years old guys trying to grasp, grab, grapple, grasp, you know, some of the things <laughs> that had gone on to them when they were kids, they were council kids. They had, children single moms and stuff so they had this book that they you know that they thought would that that helped describe some of the things that they were going on or a therapeutic path forward like John Lennon embraced that and some other stuff that he did uh, Primal Scream um, so I, it has my respect for that now it just sounds whiny sometimes that's depending on your environment somehow
1: it's the same things like the smiths or yeah,
0: i agree but yeah. but it's not the same like this the no you're the cure whiny to me is not the tears for fears whiny. you guys got to help me with this what why am i not getting it the same yeah, way because i don't i don't it's
1: interesting mean for it somehow i don't know why but like i i feel the same way as you do about because i like tears for fears but yeah. like the something like I have to be in a very specific mood to be like wanting to listen to Tears for Fears.
2: I feel like it's, it's sort of too like the, the, the difference in, and Henry, you and I talked about this last week. Bono treads a fine line between earnest and shtick, And I think the Hmm. problem with Roland Orzabal, especially on the hurting is so Morrissey is always tongue in cheek, Right. Morrissey is, yeah. is, do- is a downer, you know, whatever mopey, but he's always making jokes. Roland Orzabal means it.
0: He's <laughs> earnest
2: <laughs> as fuck, right? Like, the, this shit is hurting, right? There's a child in the fetal position on the cover. We are hurting, <laughs> right? And it's just like, dude. But I it's will say right. this. We, we, I do have to say this. I didn't realize this until researching. This record was fucking huge in, in the UK bigger than songs from the big chair like they didn't wow. br- so it, i'm looking at the stats here in the u.s the hurting only made it to 73 right And it was number one yeah. in the uk songs from the big chair only ever made it to number two in the uk but it was number one here so over there because i was like i look back to listen and i was like what is this fucking reissue why is there a big 25 year reissue what the fuck the hurting wasn't that great no, in the UK, this is the record. Like Mad World, every fucking person knows the song Mad World over there. It's like it was like the anthem of that year. So mm-hmm. for them, like Henry, for you to say they were kids and they did, yeah, they're
1: super
2: young. Yeah, that's pretty. It's it's impressive. But yeah, I think his earnestness and and I'm looking at the record, this Seeds of Love album he does after he kicks uh, Kurt Smith, man, the earnestness just goes to ten and a half. It's just, dude, chill I the think fuck he's, out.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head. That is what is annoying about him. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody Mm -hmm. is going to be like earnest about those things, they have to have something else about them. Yes. Balance it out a little bit. Yeah. Like or whatever.
0: Yes. Like you mentioned the cover of the record is is a, is a kid in the fetal position. Those same things, those same themes could be repeated. In a more uh, diffused, th- a more, I don't know, how do you say this? An artistic sort of gauzy lens, you know? I think about that like the... It, it sinks in as a... Yeah. A and it's
1: that's, a, like, that's like a toy.
0: It's know. too direct. It's too like po- pointing at it or something. It's too like... I guess that's what makes us uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, no? I, I,
2: you know, I think you're. I think you hit it right on the head, and and it's. I don't know. I it's just. A, I get it.
0: And it. But think they about it. It came so a, unattractive to <laughs> Seeds of Love was like it's it's Roland Orzabal the the guy the distinctive voice the guy that sounds like he swallowed his own voice <laughs> and put it in the base of his own throat like there's some kind of ghost of Kermit the Frog in there or some shit like that you listen to him. <laughs> And then, and then the other guy is just sewing. the students. That's all it is. I'm going to tell you if if you if you can take it if you
2: can take it just just put on Raul and the King of Spain for for two songs and you'll be like this guy has gone into fucking earnest.
0: Really, <laughs> I love myself overdrive. That I could call I call this record goth adjacent. Yes, that's a good. I like that. Yeah, right because. There's stuff in there that's like almost – there's a couple of songs that you could accuse of being a ripoff of Joy Division for two oh. seconds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just two seconds. But like, but you can't really fully say that they're influenced by Joy Division because this not a chance.
1: The album that you mentioned, Raul or whatever. Raul is and that-
0: the King of Spain. <laughs>
1: Is that a Roland Orzabal solo
2: album? No. It, well, it might as, it well, might as well, be. well be. That's the second <laughs> album after kicked out Kurt Smith, and it is the by, it, by his own account, it's the autobiographical about my mom and my trauma as a child record. <gasps>
0: Again? <laughs> God.
2: Does God, anybody... Does,
1: therapy or something.
2: Um, I can't remember the name of it, but Sting did an album about his dad. That's like the most mopey thing. That and this are like neck and neck. I mean, you could put them on back to back and just kill yourself over and over. Who's
1: now. buying that shit? Like, who's know. into that shit? Is I, that Like, who are these people?
2: It's, I don't know. It's people that enjoy pain,
0: I guess.
1: <laughs> the hurting, the hurting,
0: uh, the hurting. Look, I've been hanging out with y'all, and I'm and I'm ripping on it. I don't. It doesn't deserve to be ripped nearly this bad. He gave <laughs> quite right a pass compared to this.
2: Yeah, and and, and thank what? God we're not huge in the UK because people over there revere the fucking hurting. They think it's goddamn the Beatles second coming.
1: This album is really good. I like this album. I really do. It's just. There's something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like a record, but them. I don't know. Okay, I'm
2: I'm actually gonna give give the hurting a thumbs up. I don't know. Yeah, Henry, I feel like we just we raped them.
0: them. We're just having
1: fun, everybody. Calm down.
0: We're gonna get all this feedback. We know you're very earnest and sincere. (laughs) How dare you talk about fear like that and tear, Henry? Why don't you take (laughs) us stop? Why don't
2: you take us to a record we're all gonna love?
0: Oh, I would love to The next record we're going to consider is From a band called New Edition Is it a band? It's their first record Yes Really? Called Candy Girl And let's listen to the title track Candy Girl
2: I did not know that the Chipmunks did a Jackson 5 record. I didn't know that that happened. I missed it completely. I'm so glad
0: that we're covering it. But what did New addition sound like? I don't know. This was really kind of a shock to the system that they did music like this, that they made music like that back then. Yeah. I'm sure you just remembered it. We I, I went back. So my friend Charlotte Norris was really into this record, and I, didn't, I hadn't listened to it in probably... 40 years, but that guy's voice, Ralph Tresvant, I think, was his name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, was like way up there. I didn't remember it being this high. I was
2: like, is this this a joke? I literally was like, is this a joke? Like, did someone put on Apple Music a Chipmunks record doing Candy Girl? Because I don't remember their voices being this high at all but yeah. th- but then, I, as I got further into the record i don 't know if you guys felt this way. I know the dude they were put together by this Maurice Starr guy, and he wrote all the songs. It was basically like the monkeys or something. but um the songs are kind of like this cool eighties like pop funk like like he 's kind of nailing that little sound there it 's not as cool as Prince nailing it, but it 's like there. But then well, it's, it's
1: supposed to be kind of like a junior version right, of that.
2: Right. And so, I think it. Like, I, I like that part of it, but I don't remember their voices. I guess it was distracting to me that their voices were so high. And weird because I hear these little boys now singing about, oh, my
0: girl is this something, something, something. is not that weird? My girl is something, it's something. kind of like, weird. You know, it's right. Like, and there were a couple of, kind of like sexy references where they yes. used the word sexy, but they, they themselves are probably like 12. They're like four oh. I think they were like fourteen, oh, okay. movies, right. like you know, but
1: that's young still, you know, to be so. like that. I don't think today that would probably well maybe it would, but I just feel like people are weird about stuff like that now. Like it was a little Tr- bit back then.
0: Trezvant got the got the job of being the lead guy because he was the one that sounded the most like Michael Jackson. And so Maury Star's vision was for them to be like the Jackson five. In fact, if you went to YouTube and looked at some of their early performances, you'd see Ralph Tresvant doing a moonwalk. I mean, like an obvious homage. I mean, and this is the, the month where, you know, Billy Jean was number one on the charts. So they're trying to capitalize on that. Well, I will
2: probably do this on the pod, um, so that our, our listeners can hear it. And unfortunately we're all three, um, taping remotely today, and I can't get the music to all three of us, but um, I, Henry, I went back and played right after playing the song Candy Girl ABC by Jackson, the Jackson 5 to kind of, because you know, I'd read that too, like they were trying to, man, the difference is night and day in how good the song is comparatively. There there really is no comparison. Like, that Jackson 5 song is, doesn't sound like a novelty, it just sounds great, you know, and it's like to me that did it for me it was like man this is like a pale comparison this is like comparing uh new kids on the block to i don't know like the beatles or something it's like oh no no this is not um that
1: and i mean they were very early on when you think about it because i don't think of the jackson five even though they were all boys i don't really think of them as a boy band Mm -hmm. because they were I mean, they were that good. Like, I agree with you. Like, they were just kind of like transcendent, above that. Like, they were above that tier, I guess. But New Edition, I mean, they were. This is '83, so I mean, they got to be one of the first, like, really successful um, boy bands, I would say, because that's what I consider this type of music.
2: Oh, definitely. And I, I would, I would put forth that uh, New Kids on the Block were specifically put together to be a white version of New Edition. In fact. Oh, I would- like down to the roles. Like Donnie Wahlberg was supposed to be the Bobby Brown, the bad boy rapper. Uh, and, and it was just like, here's the white version of New Edition. I remember kids Bar- in my school saying yeah. that, like black kids saying, why do What's, you like that? This, that's just this is like white people doing New Edition. That's
0: the specific thing that Maury Starr made. Maury Starr mm-hmm. made No Kids on the Block. You know, those oh, guys came, so
1: He was involved too. Yeah, he did. So, he, oh my God.
0: What happened was uh, look, New Edition. He's like got, the
1: NSYNC Backstreet Boys guy. Basically. New
0: Edition got chewed up and spat out by Maury Starr, basically. So they went on tour, came back home, went back to the project, still poor, with like no money in their pocket, and uh, and got away from Maury Starr, who said, I would have, it would have been a bigger band if these guys been white. Moved right along, moved. Next to, NKOTB, and um, and so that left New Edition, who did another album, another follow-up, which had some bigger hits on it. I can't remember the names of them right now, but um, that was more popular. And um, and so. And after that, of course, things kind of started falling apart. Bobby Brown, you know, did Don't Be Cruel, you know, in the late 80s, which was, like, fucking enormous. Yeah, That record was amazingly good. It was done by uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, I think is the name of the guys.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and just, who are like, classmates,
2: by the way, of Prince. Like, they all came out of that same Minneapolis scene.
0: Um, so I didn't, I didn't realize going back,
2: though, Henry, Like, like, he literally pulled all the new edition guys are from Boston. Yeah, all the new kids on the block guys are from Boston. Like Murray Starr just went back and pulled five white kids out of the out of the South Boston.
0: Yeah, it's, so it makes me a little sad, really, to yeah. kind of listen to it because even though it's kind of nostalgic, and I think about my friend from back in the day, I, I always think about how these guys got chewed up. I do, I do feel
2: like there's a nostalgic aspect to this record, so I I can't just say don't go back and listen to it. But for me, it was just shocking that it was like. I knew what it was going to be like a boy band thing, but I just was shocked at the high pitch, <laughs> how high pitched so it was. And I kept thinking of this other band, Megan. I was wondering if I was going to ask if you remember this because they had a video that was popular, but that was it. There was a okay. band called Musical Youth.
0: Hmm.
2: And they, oh,
0: wow. I ain't heard of
2: that in a while, man. Yeah. they were, They had this huge yes. video and then disappeared. And they were doing like the kid version of. Yeah. Reggae. Oh my god!
1: And what?
2: the cool thing about the video was the little boy that was the lead singer had this little tiny guitar, and it was actually a guitar. And I was obsessed with it when fourth grade because I was like, "Oh my god, they make little guitars for little human beings!" And it was so cool. But um,
1: is that like the Pass the Dutchie? Kids? Pass the Dutchie. Yes. That's
2: it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That was their yep. one song. Yep.
0: It's uh, nice. Pass the douchy panel Left hand side Pass the douchy panel Left hand side It a go bun.
2: Give me the music Make Jump, jump jump.
0: board It a go done Give me the music baby It was a cool and lonely
2: Breezy afternoon How does it feel When you got no food I could feel
0: it Cause it was the month of How it. does it feel When you got no food So I left my gate And went out for a walk
2: I heard them say, how does it feel when you got no food? Pass the oh, touchy pan the left hand side. I say, pass the touchy pan the left hand side. It a go bun. Give me the music, make me jump and plan. It a go done. Give me Have it. Um, Musical Youth, check that out. Instead okay. of the new edition album, just go check out the Musical Youth album. It might yeah, be better. I'm, I'm really better going choice, out of a limb that maybe. it might not be better, but I like Pass the Dutchie. Thumbs yeah, down for record,
1: me. I would have to say thumbs down. Like, I would rather just listen to a Bobby Brown.
2: I'd rather listen to a Belle Biv DeVoe record too. Yeah,
0: you're right. Or yeah, definitely yeah. Belle Biv DeVoe. Now you know. Now you know.
2: All right. Uh, so, our last album is by a, a band called. Spandau Ballet. I hate saying that. Um the album is called True. It's an all music three and a half star album. Um, I guess we put it under shit we like. It had one hit. If you've not heard this hit and you're a fan of eighties music, there's something wrong with you. It's called True. And I guess I'm gonna play true. So, guys, um, I figured out I never listened to this record, okay? And I, I, they were untouchable to me. There was something wrong with them to me. Uh, it became that song because it was like oh, it, I, ubiquitous. Mean, I mean. But here's I got what all I, kinds I, of I, I figured out for me: what the problem was. No fucking rock band should be called anything to do with ballet. Period. Period. Do you know what the
1: Spando ballet is?
2: I don't. I'm sure it's something cool. And I love the name Cocto Twins. Oh, it's not okay, so I love all those kind of weird names, but ballet just doesn't do it for me in a rock band. Or an or a I don't know, a new wave band even.
1: Can I can I tell you what it means?
2: Please. Please. All
1: right. So the term "spandau ballet" it's like something from World War One, I, I think, but it was like the way to describe the twitching of like people, our soldiers being nice. caught like in barbed wire after being like. Oh my we god. Yeah.
2: That's the coolest thing yeah. I ever heard. Now, now I fucking love it. That, that's great. It's
1: kind know. of like a joy division. That's what yes. it reminded me of that they were probably going for a little bit. So nobody
0: but but Megan, nobody knew that. We didn't no, know nobody
1: that. does know that, except for me. But oh,
0: see, I that's oh, but that's oh, a, that's saw, bad, man, bad man. marketing oh, because I hated oh, them because of that name. Guys in fucking suits and little skinny ties. They did the romantic talking about,
2: thing. Talking about
0: ballet. And the guy, Tony Headley, the singer, who, okay, now I know that he was influenced by American crooners. 11 year old Henry didn't understand any of that stuff. <laughs> But he, but he also held his mic with his fingertips in this kind of weird way. It was like kind of creepy to me. So I'm like, that's not rock. You're supposed to grab that with your hand. I can't believe both of (laughs) us have mentioned rock with
2: Spandau Ballet twice. Like, apparently we wanted them to rock harder, didn't we, Henry?
0: I just wanted. I mean, think about the song. It wasn't in line with anything that we thought about. Like the, the so like okay so they had a whole history before they even did this record. a really cool so, history is, i think yeah like they, they were like new romantics uh that i think they they were considered themselves peers of duran duran they wore those like jack boots and joppers and shit they i think they went a little too far actually with it but it was all about that performance stuff they but they had that whole soul boy idea at the beginning that sort of that was their roots. So it's like soul boy stuff, and then they went techno, with the new romantics and the and all of that. Yeah, a little more punk. Then things were starting to get crowded in the synth movement, and so they decided to go back to their soul boy roots, and that's where they had their hit. I I need you to explain to me why they didn't do like why did Duran Duran successfully transition from the new romantics and all of that and spando ballet just simply did not Adrian
1: was better looking and like more commercial i think in that the is. way it was popular at that time yeah.
0: i i i
2: so i'm gonna make a 180 here because i i hate the song true i didn't listen to this album ever because the name Spando ballet and thank you megan for correcting me i should have loved that name this show made me listen to the whole record Mm-hmm. i think this record good. is really good and here's yeah. the thing about it it's don't play true it's the last song on the lp just fucking don't play it everything else is good and here's here's where i think the reason is henry between durandran and them what they are fucking they sound like they're fucking perfect it doesn't sound real. It's like it's like Roxy Music with a sheen on top of it. It's fucking Duran Duran sound like real human beings in a band at that time doing like um like you know like the Smiths sound like a band of dudes, right? There's like you mm-hmm. can hear the whatever. This sounds like fucking people from another planet who are it's perfect. You can eat off this shit. You could lick it and it doesn't get dirty. It's fucking it's too perfect almost. It's almost like that, that's my problem, man I know, but I the that's, songs are great I was sitting there going, this is exactly what I want my Roxy music to be like Except, what, they don't sound like humans I'm not even sure it was humans It's like a computer That's why Roxy music is a little bit
1: better Well, a lot better A lot better, like- yeah Roxy Music it had a little bit of an edge to it, and I just don't feel like they like these Spandau Ballet. In some ways, kind of reminds me of OMD, maybe because they uh-huh. both have insufferable names for their bands. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, and I but I feel like they're different enough. Like OMD is obviously poppier, but like and more successful, I would say. I you think know? too.
2: OMD sounds like a like a band of human beings. These guys yeah. were almost like it's almost like when like um. You know, like classical music people go, oh, they turn their face towards rock music and go, oh, I could do that. Here, let me show you how easy rock music is. And then they make this just like perfect thing that doesn't sound like it has any heart or soul. Not
1: as much fun.
2: Yeah, not as much fun. Like these songs sound like, oh, we can do the new romantic thing better than anybody else. Like we write better versions of this. There's just no there's soul last, to it. There's no soul. Such
1: a brief amount of time to like new yeah. romantic. I feel like that like it switched to like new wave and like different types of alternative. But like, think, I don't feel like new romantic survived that long.
2: Oh no, but think oh, how cocky please. these guys were because they were underground like like big time underground dance music dudes before this album. Like they mm-hmm. were just ruling the underground scene and then they were just like, "Oh yeah, we can We could do that. Like, we can make, and like Henry said, we're going to go ahead. We want to go to America, so we're going to make a hit because we can do that.
1: And they did. I mean,
2: they succeeded.
0: So they had two. They had this one, and later on they did some other song called Gold, which I think is on another album. I'm
1: not going to pretend to know what that is.
2: No. Bob Geldof, the first band he asked to do Live Aid was Spandau Ballet.
0: Yeah, I'm not getting it. Like, I don't understand what the Brits saw in these dudes. I don't.
1: I feel like they might be performing at like '80s music cruises too now. <laughs> Probably are,
0: you know. Well, so. Tony Hedley left the band recently. They had oh, a reunion. I remember that. And now, like, I don't. There was a big lawsuit. There's a documentary on on called Soul Boys of the Western World. That, like, does their whole career from you know beginning until I guess till 2015, and then he rejoined the band and then left again to do something else. To me, this record sounded like what chicago did to themselves which is you know try to do adventurous rock music or whatever and then completely do the soft rock band stuff so so like and
2: and i think you're right but like this gary kemp who's the guitar player and wrote all the songs he he Mm. just like was one of those dudes that felt like he could do anything well,
0: he, but he could. The guy could write. But my,
2: my favorite part is his brother, Martin Kemp, is the bass player. He didn't join until the album before this. He was just the guy carrying equipment around for him. But they said he's so fucking good-looking, he has to yes, be in the band. Yes, see,
0: that says something about their careerist aspirations anyway. They kicked out the other bass player so they could have his brother. This, like— I mean, could the guy be any more? He's got a dimpled chin. For they said
2: sake. they said they were He's, sick and yeah. tired of all the girls hanging out backstage for the guy that's carrying the stuff around instead of the yeah. band. So they said just you're going to have to be in the band.
0: So it sounds like Chris, you're a thumbs up. I'm a thumbs down on this one. I wouldn't have
2: no, I, I I want to tell the listeners this is one of those records like that. The reason I do this show, I I rediscovered a record that I didn't know I had missed. I I except for the song "True," I thoroughly enjoyed the record. Um, now I I agree it's not perfect, but it sounds like it wants to be perfect, and I just think it's a lot better than I gave
0: them credit for. Hey, you know that's just part of the project. Like I'm I'm a Lionel Richie fan. Your Spandau Ballet now. God, I hate Megan, that you- name. What
1: do you think? I'll give it a thumbs up just because I do agree with that. Like, it's if you're going in with the expectation of it being just true, Mm -hmm. you're going to be surprised a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So, and I, I, the genuine surprise of that is kind of nice. It is a little
0: pretentious. So, what? All right. So, which is the one? Which is your record? I think I know what I'm picking. Lay it on us, Henry. Go ahead. Eliminator, ZZ Top. That's the one. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm going to pick
0: that one, too. Interesting. I I
2: was shocked um, by this month, like, how much I liked records this month. I thought I wasn't going to. But I'm going with Spandau Ballet as my pick of the month.
0: That that will go down in history. That's amazing.
2: (laughs) I almost put it in the canon. I'm still considering putting it in the canon because I don't think you can get by the 80s without true.
1: Henry, I'm feeling some very judgmental vibes from you towards Chris on this
0: towards this pick
1: yeah you're so like oh true. my god
0: this is funny historic. how it seems
1: somebody picked this wow
0: no, no man <laughs> i i this song used to make me really uncomfortable
1: did you have a bad experience with it <laughs> i
0: don't know i must have some hidden primal some scream impressive. worthy shit in my past about spando about something bad must have <laughs> happened to me during that song <laughs> do <laughs> you tell you, you look at tony hadley touching that microphone tell me that to give you a creep <laughs> <laughs> like the t- fingertips stuff <laughs> so true
2: <laughs> all right well um i think that about does it for march of 1983 let's wrap this puppy up
0: Thanks to our Patreon subscribers, all of you. Uh, if you like the records we're choosing, please consider subscribing to the pod, and you'll have our newest content downloaded to your revi- your device. Your device? <laughs> downloaded <laughs> it to your device. Review us on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms like Stitcher on Spotify. We are the number one 80s podcast on Pandora, the app of choice. You can chat us up, ask us questions, even on Twitter at 80s Exposed or email us at 80smusicexposed at gmail.com. You can hit us up on social media. You can even leave us a voicemail on SpeakPipe. There's a link in the show notes. Just click on it. Chris, what's your Twitter handle? It is at TCI Duke. My Twitter handle is at Hank G. Hit me up there. Megan, what's your Instagram?
1: i don't have twitter but i have instagram and it's bastards of young 92
0: any replacements fan would instantly recognize that I want to thank everyone for listening to our show and until next time chris megan guess what what's that i made you a mixtape